Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 193, Episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of (laughs) iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Uh, It is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Chugay, 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 Chugay. Chugay, 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 Chugay. Chugay, 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 chugay. Chugay, chugay, it's the zeitgeist. That is courtesy of Gold John Ion. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I'm second dose. The COVID vaccine. Gotta get your second dose of the vaccine. And even back then, I was a vaccine against COVID. Ho! Okay, I just thought of that because I was reading how a lot of people are just getting one dose of the vaccine. You gotta get the second dose, too, no! yo. You need to follow through with it so you can get to full efficacy, please. And You're reading that at the same time that you realize vaccine rhymes with vaccine. Vaccine. Yeah, exactly. Three Hell times yeah. in a row, fool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like fucking 2005 Beanie Siegel, where I'll just say what I'll just get one word over and over and over again. Yeah, anyway, right. shout out to me. Shout out to you. <laughs> generating AKAs and terrible rhymes. Oh, while I read the news. What was yours up uh, to the tune of uh, that? Lu- the Louis theme song. Oh, OK. Yeah. Was that not clear? I'm sorry. No, I just. Uh, Do I, I need to take that, that again? I, Should I take I that again? Hadn't heard that one in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a real song uh, called Brother Louie. Okay. A band name Stories. And I did not realize that. I did not okay. know that. I did not know that. Wild stuff. <laughs> he can hit. <laughs> he can hit. He can hit. <laughs> uh, we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of, I think, our most eagerly anticipated first timers. Uh, yeah. He co-hosts the podcast "The Worst Idea of All Time" with Guy Montgomery. Uh-oh. He's a very funny stand-up comedian, TV writer, producer, host. Welcome to the show, the hilarious and talented Tim Bass. Yes, brothers, I'm loving is. this morning zoo energy. It is <laughs> six fifty-one a.m. my <laughs> local time. Yeah, yeah. Here he comes with the Kiwi Report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, everything's upside down here, topsy turvy, and we're we're living life because we have not hey, been. We got the Batman. We have not in been ravaged uh, in the in the exact same fashion as the rest of the world. For we are a tiny island nation. Yes. Yeah. Are you a big uh, Test cricket fan as well? Nah, dude. I'm not a big sports guy. Okay. Yeah, because be last time, guy was could not extolling the virtues of text, Test cricket. Um and and gave us all an education. It's so, I just so to see if fucking stupid. Where are you online? It's so <laughs> stupid. It's like, have you guys ever seen cricket? Yeah, it's the worst. Like brief clips. It's yeah. It's like everyone's dressed up like they're in the KKK. You're head to toe right. all in whites. It is. It, yeah, I mean, mentioned last time. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't have enough white clothes to be interested in this game. And then it takes like five days to play a game, and often there's like draws and shit. I don't even understand it i don't know it just <laughs> Do all looks... of your laundry detergent commercials take place like after cricket cricketing match. i feel like cricket <laughs> matches would be the setting of all laundry detergent commercials i actually now that you've said it it makes perfect sense to me that laundry detergents invented cricket and it's just <laughs> big detergent trying to ship big detergent. hell yeah man ah <laughs> uh, we got to the bottom the of it already yeah, exactly. See, this is why I'm uh, I'm glad we guy was like you should have Tim on because you're coming with the real shit, not just being like I love Test cricket. No, no, no. no I the real the conspiracies room. behind it. Yes, you see in the Matrix. I love it. Tim, what time is it where you are? It's uh, about five minutes to seven a.m. Haven't had a lot wow. of sleep either. Yeah, I just always like to remind listeners of the of the sacrifice the you are putting heart. in. Yeah, and also the vastness of the world and. Uh, how tiny we all are, and none of this matters. <laughs> all right, uh, Tim, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, first, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're talking about the wild stuff happening down in Texas. The Texas voter suppression bill uh, has forced the Democrats to flee that state. Their governor has threatened to have them arrested. 
uh, very real Texas shit uh, happening in Texas politics right now. We're going to talk about the big lie. We're going to talk about Batman. Specifically, Newsmax is fantasizing about Trump being Batman, which we think is a pretty apt comparison because we're we're not Team Batman here on, on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about we'll we'll talk about inflation, maybe I, I think probably the Fraser reboot, definitely all of that, plenty more. But first, Tim, the real Batman, just trying to keep that morning zoo. Uh, viable life. <laughs> Appreciate uh, that. What is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Most recent thing I Googled was Gwyneth Paltrow flight attendant movie. Yes. Uh, which I found out was a movie called A View from the Top. A View from the Top. I was watching it. Um, do you guys know Richard Aoti? Aoti? I always fuck up. Aoti? Yeah, there's too many v- yeah. vowels all in a row and like a Y. Yeah, the English comedian? Yeah, you got it. IT yeah. crowd and uh, Gadget yeah. Man, etc. He's like one of the funniest dudes alive. He um, had an interview with Russell Brand, and I was I was watching that, and Richard got obsessed with that movie with a view from the top because of how like interestingly bad it was. You know how some right. movies are, are bad in a way where they're just bad and there's kind of nothing to latch onto, but he was like, "This is so interestingly bad," and he was just mm-hmm. getting into the weeds of why that it was so poorly <laughs> cast for Gwyneth Paltrow to be this kind of um, lower <laughs> right. class person aspiring to be a flight attendant. And it's just so uniquely unbelievable that that would be yeah. a motivation for this woman and how it almost, it was, it was like, like class betrayal. Like it was just so condescending. <laughs> the whole, the whole tone of the movie was like, what the fuck is this? These people aren't real. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny. Like <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's conception eyes. of like blue collar. Yeah, uh, exactly. America. Hell yeah! I mean, I, 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 when I used to work on one of my past jobs, I did a a shoot with her, and like I remember really her, down to earth, really, yeah. Her, down to but earth. her like her handlers, were like she's really chill, because like we had a really tight schedule, and we're like, yeah, we're gonna get this done and this, and like she's really fine, she's like really low key, she's like really, really laid back, and I remember, like, I guess the way at first she seemed like very chill and that she was tired and didn't speak to anyone but then suddenly she's like i have to have lunch and like i was like oh we we have to shoot two more things she's like i have to eat right now like okay <laughs> and then she ate and like they brought out like all these glass tupperware containers of food she's like i hate plastic and then ate it <laughs> and then left like wrapped her like quick bite went back to work and then like left the shoot and i was like oh her glass stuff they're like she's really chill it's okay and i'm like <laughs> So she leaves expensive glass Tupperware. Oh the, my is this what God. the description was? in a field? Just like around. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, the, is the plastic thing? It's probably not the the waste, right? It's it's the impact on her personally. She strikes me as the kind of person who would be obsessed with plastic. How it affects her directly? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. I think it's more like, do you know about the leaching of yeah, plastics? Right. And I'm like, right. okay, well, you just left a ton of glass here. Can I also say that the (laughs) sentence her handlers said she was really chill is a really funny sentence? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's how we that's like LA speak for the advanced team that shows up before talent of like the publicist manager or whoever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. because like those are the ones who are usually the intermediary between you and talent. Nothing screams totally like chilled out. Like having and a team that has to communicate to the great unwashed. Right, exactly. Versus like Zach Galifianakis who will pull up in his exact same Subaru and just be like, hey, what are we doing? And I'll bet he will work from dusk until dawn and he will eat lunch when lunch is scheduled and he probably eats out of any a plastic container. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of a rapper. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in internet history also involved Gwyneth Paltrow taking the Gwyneth Paltrow approach to blue collar life. She, uh, I think, grammed a picture of some groceries she bought. She was like, you know, people who live on food stamps have to just live off $29 worth of food in a week. Look what $29 buys you. And she had like (laughs) like seven limes. And I remember this. <laughs> it was like <laughs> she had like some staples, like oh, brown rice fuck. and black beans, but seven <laughs> limes. It's like such a she like her her thing was that she needed to make fresh guacamole. Like that, that was, that was <laughs> oh my like, <laughs> god. 
She's like, I mean, once you buy two things of Barada, that's most of your money right there. <laughs> How are these people living on yeah, just I six think. limes a week? <laughs> six limes a week and not even a half a bottle of black truffle oil? I mean, come on. <laughs> Have you seen, by the way, Submarine, Richard Iode's, the movie he directed? No, I've not. Is that's, it awesome? That's very good. I, that's the... Comedy. Yeah, it's like a comedy sort of Wes Anderson-ish young person movie, uh, indie, 2010. I, I highly recommend. Okay. Used to be on Netflix. I don't think it is anymore. But uh, What's on there anymore? Film. Except for Beasts Am I right? fucking <laughs> next week when <laughs> Thank you. Sexy Beasts comes Oh, on, I have to review Netflix that for an outlet here. Is that like airing in America now? Is that already out? Uh, I've July 21st is when it, it, it airs on Netflix out here. Damn, it's a shame I haven't watched it yet for the review because I could like break my NDA and give you guys the inside <laughs> goss because I've got it sitting on my um queue at the moment. Oh, it yeah. looks crazy. Yeah. It looks, uh, yeah, I don't even know. I'm, part of me is just like, do we get to see them smash with the prosthetics on? Like, is that, is that, <laughs> and on are the, the prosthetics, like, do they extend down? Yeah. To like, the, what are we talking like, here? We're talking about like a whale dork. You know mask. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It match the, Vertical eyelids. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see some freaky junk on screen in 4K. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or it's all for naught. Yeah. For listeners uh, who aren't familiar, The Worst Idea of All Time is a podcast in which you guys watch things that aren't easy to watch. That It's not, not the greatest cultural offerings of all time, and you watch them over and over again. Has that turned into, like, do people just want you to watch The Worst shit of all time yeah, like all, all the time we're like um you know i think not enough people say this but we're like jesus in some ways we're, we're, we're <laughs> taking society's cultural sins so that people don't oh, have to wow. experience it themselves yeah. you know we're like taking that weight off them but right. i'll say it we are basically podcasting <laughs> jesus <laughs> i love that and, and you're and our sin you salvation yeah you, you've offered us yeah <laughs> there apparently during the uh black death there were like one of the big attractions that went around was like a traveling circus of people who just whipped to themselves and mm. like sold out shows to watch these people just whip themselves and basically take people's like very straightforward version of it's like, catholicism what, man yeah and, like my my brushes with a catholic upbringing which thankfully didn't sort of last too long when i was a kid yeah. but that that just screams catholicism to me yeah yeah you were born but, i mean you're in debt like, to your god feel like shit you asshole take it yeah. take the whip and that like like the biggest act in town is a group of goons just do, engaging in self-flagellation they're just like you love it can i make a book uh, recommendation mm. yeah the whole concept of like debt and religion this book, no shit, took me two years to read because I'm a very slow reader, but I stayed with it. It's called Debt, The First 5,000 Years. I can't remember the guy's name, but he died a couple of years ago. But I found out after I read the book that apparently he's like this hardcore anarchist communist. I was huh. just, David I just thought it was it. Yeah, 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 that dude. Nice. And it's about like the idea of debt from like a spiritual perspective? Yeah, it goes through the whole like origins of the concept and how it relates to human interaction and spirituality and how religion kind of built this temple on top of the concept of debt. It's really interesting. Very cool. All right. I got two years. Yeah, man. I was literally I thinking this morning, trying to figure out like what our modern version of those people whipping themselves are. And then you came on and volunteered yourself as, as that. So yeah. it podcasters, cool. <laughs> I guess we have our answers. <laughs> there it is. What is, I feel like we're kind of like that, Miles. We we go through the news so other people don't have to. That is true. Yeah. People yeah. can just get our distillation through it. And yeah, <laughs> that's it. And then you can, our new yeah. podcast is listen to my therapy sessions. <laughs> I get the full, full experience. And then we just age like uh, presidents, you know? I'm aging at a... <laughs> Speak for yourself, man. 4X. For yourself. <laughs> 4X rate. Uh, but it's good. It's fine. Yeah, Jack, you look like shit, but Miles, you're looking good as hell, man. I know. Yeah, baby. Ah. You know what I mean? It's that on the islands, that, uh, just chilling. Just kinda. and that Botox, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> I yeah. haven't changed my expression for about three weeks. 
You don't need to when you look that good. Nope, don't need to. You just seemed real casual about everything or shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, what is something you think is overrated? A good night's sleep. You don't need it, man. I'm I'm living proof. I'm right here. Do you know what happened? I so last night I was up till like midnight and I had to get up at six AM to do this anyway. But at four o'clock in the morning, it, we've just moved into a new rental house, my wife and I, and there's these very cheap smoke alarms because legally you have to put smoke alarms in now. And so they right. got the cheapest ones and they keep just randomly going off. But they've got a built in fucking battery. You cannot take the battery out. So oh my what? God. Yeah, so at four in the morning, this thing kept going off and I'd hit the button and then it would keep going, keep going. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And then I was going to hit it with a hammer. But then I remembered in the back of my head somewhere that smoke alarms have radioactive material in them. Because I I remember, like, I'm pretty sure some dude in America, like a kid, like some 16-year-old made a reactor out of smoke alarms or microwaves, maybe. Anyway, I was like, I probably shouldn't smash it with a hammer. So I just dropped it into a glass of water but then and i thought it died i thought it killed it because it would just like short circuit the thing and it stopped going off i was like sweet problem solved but then i got up to record and the goddamn flashing light still flashing so that thing has been alive totally submerged in water for two hours just waiting waiting for you to give up take it out i want to hear what it sounds like though underwater I, the ionization chamber smoke detectors contain a small amount of americium-241, a radioactive material. That's uh, why I didn't want to hit it with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. Probably smart. I mean, wait, did you say now we have to put in smoke detectors? Is that, is that a, I, I caught that word and I, and made me think, is that a new law in New Zealand? Miles, things, we've been playing it pretty fast and loose with regard to <laughs> rental accommodation here for a long time. We, wow. Everyone talks about how like beautiful New Zealand is. What they don't talk about is that we have basically descended into a landed gentry here. There is like 1% of the population that owns all the property and then 99% of us mm. are under their thumb and the government only listens to the property owning class. Oh, I've heard that tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that familiar? It actually sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> hey, man, y'all doing that down there too? Hey, all right. The landed gentry all over the world. Get we together. saw that neo-feudalism and we were like, break me off a piece of that good, good American living. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, oh, so then, so re- up and so it is a new mandate, essentially, where like landowners being like, oh, what do we got to do now? Like, make sure there's not lead in the paint and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay, next thing. Yeah, we know this What's one. next? You're telling me I can't yeah. build with a spare stoss? For God's sake, yeah. it's going to bankrupt me. Jeez, oh, <laughs> what's next? We got to make sure that we use building codes that are uniform and safe for seismic activity? Come on now. It's so messed up, man. If Whenever people come here from, like, Canada or the U.K., they say the same thing. If you come here and it's not summer, they're like, what the fuck are you guys doing with your houses? Because we just do not insulate them. Mm. <laughs> they're they're so freezing. cold. They're so yeah. cold. And it gets cold here. Yeah. LA is similar, actually. Having lived multiple places, LA doesn't admit how cold it gets in LA. Like, the Pacific Ocean is fucking frigid for most oh, of the year. And yeah. anywhere near the Pacific gets pretty cold at night and then you just freeze because there's rarely any heating the houses are built out of they they've never heard insulation yeah just good (laughs) vibes and uh (laughs) you know santa monica driftwood yeah (laughs) bad news is we didn't put any fiberglass in the walls the good news is we got you two quartz crystals to keep you warm at night all right yeah and the doorknobs are made of shungite (laughs) (laughs) uh what is something you think is underrated tim nothing nothing is underrated everything rules everything's great (laughs) Fuck Everyone yeah. just needs to embrace shit. Can I be honest with you as well? Like, I'm so uninterested in, in talking about myself because that tease you gave of the news rundown, it's got me thirsty, boys. Like, that was some, <laughs> that was some intense stuff. Get me in there. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing's underrated at all. Nothing is that. Well, I don't know, man. Nah, nothing's underrated. I'm going to stick to my word. I just think right, everyone no. needs to be a little more positive and recognize that. We're above ground. If you're hearing this, that's cool. You got a functioning brain and likely some ears. That's fucking cool, man. That means you could listen to music if you want. 
What a gift. And of course, because you are in the Southern Hemisphere, things are reversed. So for you, underrated means overrated and overrated means underrated. Right. We should explain that to the listeners. And when when you joined us on the call, you were upside down, uh, <laughs> yeah, was literally the in the visual Zoom. gag I'd ever seen. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> inverted <makes> video. <laughs> I would love to like climb to that being intentional, but that was an accident. But it was it was perfect. It was I'm perfect. a I'm a perfect comedian. You might say. <laughs> what can we say? Yeah, I'm a Jesus <laughs> of podcasting and a perfect comedian. <laughs> perfect comedian. <laughs> what else is there? Just to force an answer from you, uh, what is a food that you feel that is from New Zealand that doesn't get enough recognition? I mean, I think savory pies is one of our great gifts to the world because we're really, we're serious about them here. Meat pies. Mm. In America, it's weird because there's certain words that we kind of get twisted a little bit because a, right. a, a pie in America is what we would consider, it's not quite a cake, but you know, if you say yeah, pie. You call a pie down there? I don't know, man. <laughs> like a tart? <laughs> <laughs> you go to a bakery, you're like, let me get one of those. And they're like, I know, what well, do we call it? Well, no, our, bakeries, thing, yeah. our bakeries don't really have apple pies. They've got like meat pies, you know, like we just, right, we right. don't, we don't eat a lot of apple pie. Right. Mm. So pie is just a more um, American thing. And like the way we know pie, which is like a no crust on top sort of thing, dessert thing versus, you know, what maybe the Brits would call a pasty or something. I would a call that a, or something. is that a tart? If there's no um, yeah. crust on the top, is that a tart? Oh, right. So then maybe, yeah, a tartlet, a tartine. Yeah, okay. So I guess the, we they have like fancy European words and we're just over here being like, it's pie. Yeah, but also just the concept of meat pie. You guys don't really embrace it. Right. No, and we and it's funny because we love those two words in America. So that combination should do dollars. It's a billion dollar idea. If someone introduces a franchise of of like New Zealand meat pies into America, I think it could really tear shit up. Because we love chicken pot pie. You can put really low grade meat in there too. Yeah. <laughs> like right. it's a winner. Food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cat food pie. Cat food pie. Yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> yeah. I like that, Miles, you're like, but what do you call the just caked in processed sugar cake uh, pies? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What? Do you, how do you get your dose of? You must have a different way of getting your dose of uh, processed sugar that floods your brain with how enough. We, uh, how are you guys delivering diabetes to the population? <laughs> yeah, what do you exactly. call that? Oh, fuck? it's called. We have high fructose corn syrup in everything. <laughs> That's how we do it. All right, Tim. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back to get to those news stories. And we're back, and Texas is Texasing big time. Mm -hmm. So Governor Greg Abbott and his merry band of fascists have not given up on passing a bunch of bills that would turn the clock back to the 1930s-ish in terms Maybe of in the voting fucking rights. 1830s. Yeah. You know, it's so yeah, bad. we might be we might be being too hard on the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh <laughs> yeah, you know, they see the demographic changes that are coming their way and they need to protect their, you know, white supremacy. Yeah. So they are doing everything they can to make it so that, you know, the population as it exists in Texas can't vote. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the that's yeah. the easiest way to hold on to power when you have a platform that is unappealing to most. And it completely doesn't acknowledge, you know, the the humanity of the people that live in your state. So, you know, the bills we've talked about this because a lot of Republican controlled states after the presidential election and because of the big lie, they're using this premise of like, we need more voter security to essentially strip away all the ways that makes it easier for people to vote. And that's how they're, you know, potentially combating you know, the, the voter security question, which is a total fallacy. So in Texas, they want to ban drive through polling places. They want to just severely restrict absentee voting and 24 hour voting, which helps if you have a you know restrictive job schedule that you have the ability to vote at any time of day. And even, you know, most fucked up is like give poll watchers essentially like the ability to just be at a polling place and intimidate the fuck out of whoever they want. And really, again, uh, create a, a create scenes that we haven't seen since, you know, I'd say Jim Crow. 
And this isn't the first time they've tried to do this. The last time they tried to pass the bills, Democrats left in protest. They left like the Capitol to, you know, prevent them from achieving a quorum to actually have a vote. And then this time the, the governor called a special session. They wanted to force a vote. But now over 50 Democrats, they chartered planes to leave the state again to this time to prevent them from achieving a quorum to have a vote to go to D.C. to lobby their federal counterparts to pass some fucking bills. Because right now in the Senate, we see like with the for whatever reason, the intent to hold on to the filibuster is preventing, you know, H.R. 1 and for the People Act, like the robust voting rights bills that we're trying to pass that would make it easier for everyone to vote, not just Democrats, Republicans, fucking everyone just to say, hey, this is how it works, right? We vote here and hey, may the best thing win. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) one of the state representatives, Jay Martinez Fisher, he said, quote, this is a moment that is going to wake America up. We have to decide if we're going to stand for democracy. We want the nation to join us and we want the U.S. Senate to hear us and act because this isn't this isn't, you know, them saying they just don't agree with the legislation like they're there for votes that they're constantly outnumbered in and they still vote for them to leave. They're trying to show everybody this is so outside of the norms that people need to be paying attention to what's happening here to the point that they're risking, quote unquote, arrest. And I use that term loosely because Governor Abbott is like doing WWE style commentaries like, and I'll keep doing special votes and special sessions until we get to election day and I don't care. And if they come back, I will send the sheriffs or whatever to, to arrest these members On and horseback. cabin them. <laughs> yeah, essentially, they will be arrested and, arrested and cabined until they vote. But again, there aren't any laws on the books that actually like that would make, make that legal what they're doing. <laughs> Say they're, it's a crime. But mm. they did just vote to authorize the sergeant at arms to go out and arrest the legislators. But again, that's something their jurisdiction is restricted to Texas and would, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of blustering, but is happening. Mm. It's so crazy to me that Texas is the state that culturally is like, don't treat on me, small state, get out of my affairs, liberty for all. And then it's like, okay. Uh, what about me? I'm a woman and would like to have control over my own Shut body. The fuck. Fucking no, no, <laughs> you. It's like, uh, what about me? I vote for a different party. No, fuck nah. you too. It's just <laughs> look like, at the fine print, asshole. It's, Res- terms and restrictions apply. It's so naked. It's so yeah. like it's crazy that they can get away with it, and it's so naked. Can I? I just I had to Google this because it's too perfect. There's a quote by Hunter S. Thompson. Mm-hmm. which is like so prescient. The Republican establishment is haunted by painful memories of what happened to old man Bush in 92. He peaked too early and had no response to it's the economy, stupid, which has always been the case. Every GOP administration since 1952 has let the military industrial complex loot the treasury and plunge the nation into debt on the excuse of wartime economic emergency. Nixon quickly comes to mind, along with Reagan and his ridiculous trickle-down theory of US economic policy. If the rich get richer, the theory goes, long before their pots will overflow, it will somehow trickle down to the poor who would rather eat scraps off the Bush family plates than eat nothing at all. Republicans have never approved of democracy and they never will. It goes back to pre-industrial America when only white male property owners could vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's it. It's still the same thing. Still the same agenda. Just new characters, new costumes. It's, But it's like, it's... It, if it didn't affect so many people in such an awful way, it would be interesting to observe from a scientific point of view because the group of people there, you know, taking the rights away from is increasing and the amount of people that they represent is shrinking. So mm-hmm. they have to do these more and more tyrannical things and like yeah. just nakedly anti-democratic, you know, borderline authoritarian lawmaking yeah. to suppress the vote. And it's like, at what point, do they trip over the line where people are actually like, yo, what the fuck? You can't like, this is crazy. It's the, hard. I mean, it's it's bubbling up because right now a lot of, especially Democrats and progressives and, and anyone who's interested in voting rights are looking at what's happening and the lack of movement from, especially the Senate, because we have this stupid arcane mechanism called the filibuster in place, uh, where if you watch on MSNBC, even for MSNBC, you'll have people like Casey Hunt say, call the filibuster the tool of the minority rather than a relic of the most racist times. But okay, MSNBC, thank you for your really cool coverage. Mm. But 
they like, you know, they won't do away with it because that is one of the biggest roadblocks to passing a lot of these bills to have, like, even with the just, you know, math, slim mathematical majority that the Democrats have. And hopefully, I think these legislators from Texas are hoping to put more pressure on these senators and people in Congress to do something because they're saying, if you don't handle it up here, we're getting we don't have the numbers to do it at the state level. So this is the only place where you're going to ensure any kind of outcome, especially for your federal offices as well. This affects everyone. And I think a lot of us here are looking at the president and Joe Biden and wondering like, oh, you at this point, it just seems like he's refusing to really take this seriously because I think like, you know, without the filibuster in place, a lot of real progressive policy could come through that would change things for, you know, the, the I guess the status quo in D.C. Well, it'd be, it's necessary like that. That's mm-hmm. the thing that I think people are ignoring is that like, like you said, Tim, like because the demographics are changing, the Republicans are going to like this is only going to get worse and more blatant their authoritarianism is only going to get more extreme and there needs to be changes to the laws to to protect against that but i think people are just because trump lost the election they're just less less concerned about it and paying less attention but like the central like republican party has only grown more and more like startlingly authoritarian and nothing nothing's really being done about it mm-hmm. do you remember i think it was the second obama election and the republicans got their ass handed to them and then they came out with that report about the changing demographics of the country exactly. and how they needed to basically extend an olive branch to the hispanic community yeah and like they were you know, you get these little, I mean, that maybe that was, that was it. And then they ignored it, but there are these little signs that every now and then they kind of know what they need to do. And then mm-hmm. they just go and ignore it. And that's why I say like, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to walk down this road of absolute tyranny. And I think they're only doing it because they're so entrenched in the system of just fulfilling the wishes of these billionaires that fund the party. And not to say that the Democrats don't do you know, their own version of that. But it just mm-hmm. seems it seems like such a smaller, richer, more evil minority of people who are calling the shots with the GOP. But I, I did want to ask you, Tim, what is registering for voting like in New Zealand? Like how many forms do you have to fill out? How many uh, different times many do you have to you make to sure bring? that you are registered? And then which IDs and uh, proofs of address do you need to bring to the poll to make sure that you are registered to vote in our last general election which was last year <laughs> yeah we had a- attached to the general election where you you know pick what party is going to be in power and what politician will represent your area that you live in we also had a referendum on cannabis law reform and i went to the polls stoned with no wallet id or anything and cast my vote <laughs> That's how, it, like, it literally could not be easier to vote so in New Zealand. You, do you just fill out, you just sort of, you self-identify, like, on your ballot so they know who the vote is attributed to? Or how does it, how do they We've gone, of- um, we've actually got some pretty good systems. So there's, like, there, there genuinely has been a massive effort in New Zealand to make it as easy as possible. And we've got, I can't remember what they're called, but they're, like, an easy vote card. So you register, you know, a little bit early or you make sure that your details are correct on the electoral roll and then they will post you just a little business card sized slip of paper that's got a number on it. You go you go and you take that to a polling volunteer at the polling station on the day and like that's it. There's a sheet of paper. You put, I think it's actually may even be pre-filled with your name and then you just tick a couple of boxes wow. and that's your, that's your ballot cast. And the lines are really sh- like I I don't want to rub it in because <laughs> I, I I see the news footage of uh, you know yeah. especially minority communities just waiting in the cold for twelve hours and people delivering them food just to cast a ballot and it breaks my fucking heart, man. And again, it's one of those like huge disconnects between America exporting the story of itself being you know the greatest democracy in the world and the birthplace of modern democracy. It's like you fucking no, kidding ain't. me? No. 
Yep. We got, we just have the best PR machine ever. It's great to have dreams. It's great to have goals, but you got to kind of be <laughs> real about your current situation and what you're going to yeah. do to to hit them. You know, but you it's like, like an the... X factor judge where the U.S. is doing their act as great democracy. Like we love what you did, but I know I had to hit the buzzer on that because it was falling a little bit short in the accuracy department. Just keep working at it, and we hope to see you next season. Yeah, can see the intent though. The intent yeah. is there, and I and I appreciate that. <laughs> But the I feel like Americans don't even acknowledge like how simple the government could make it if they wanted to. Like right. it, it is it super would, intentional. Yes. It, it, if I can tell you one thing from New Zealand. <laughs> it is. And it's like I imagine really expensive to do that. Like it, it seems to me just intrinsically like it would be cheaper to just know, from give a people, funding level yeah. to allow people to vote and not put these roadblocks up because all of them represent a barrier that someone's got to, you know, force in, like these ID checks and that. Someone, Someone's actually got to be there doing those ID checks where there's got to be a system or whatever. It's, right. you know, everyone's yeah. heard this a million times before. It's not about voter fraud. Voter fraud does not exist in any statistical way in America. It's not yeah, a Yeah, and thing. when it does, it's typically, it's been Republicans that have been yeah. caught over the last year who've been like, I'm sorry, man, I've made my dad Trump get caught out? Didn't, like, half his family vote in a different state to where they reside to try and, like, swing shit? I mean, I think they were just errantly vote. I mean, it's, again, it's like it's like these stupid little attempts from people thinking they're going to be heroes by doing this really light voter fraud. But, yeah, that's all that, you know, this whole concept, because to your point of, like, it's never just it's if the white ruling class and that balance of power begins to be upset, this is when the bills start coming in. This is when state houses start gerrymandering. This is when they start restricting voting rights because, vo- again, they like voting only if it serves their purposes. And now we're seeing them be like, oh, OK, there's too many of them. We got to pull up the gate. We got to yeah. pull up the ladders. We got to make sure that it's impossible now because this thing's going to get away from us. And the freaky thing is the Republicans have understood for a long time how to do this, the structural stuff. Organizations like the Federalist Society, they understand the power of state legislatures and getting judges on the benches. All this shit that like, I, I imagine typical Americans don't really pay much attention to because you're living your goddamn lives. You know, you're, you're keeping the lights on. You're trying to pay rent, look after your family. And the Republicans are like putting all of, the most dastardly people in these roles where they can just tweak shit enough and a little bit here and a little bit there in this court and, you know, the sheriff's department. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you've got like a third of the state that can't cast a ballot. It's it's so crazy. America loves to brag about how we have like the best colleges in the world, but all our like educated, all that education is going towards uh, like educating people to be in the Federalist Society to like come up with <laughs> convoluted ways to make voting harder. And I, uh, I got to say this, though, and, and just advertising the advertising industry. I get I get swept up in this stuff when I'm on podcasts like this. And I've, I've got to just put it on the record. I fucking love America and I love Americans. OK, <laughs> OK. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> nothing you said, please. nothing you said would indicate otherwise. I mean, that like the the only thing you've criticized. Have you been on is, podcasts where you said some you made an observation about America be like this guy fucking hates America, man. It's very easy to get into a death spiral about how bad the right. democratic process is over there. People are like, "Oh yeah, no, welcome to this foreigner. show." No, welcome <laughs> to this show. It's called the Daily Death Spiral. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to your stand up about how much more progressive the uh, healthcare system and Grand Theft Auto is than the U.S. healthcare <laughs> system. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a really good observation. Yeah, thanks, and man. No lies, not not a single lie uh, detected. Yeah. Even yeah, that they, game has a utopia of a medical. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's wish fulfillment. It's like God damn, could you imagine? All right, let's take uh, another quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about Batman. And we're back. And Newsmax has a theory that they're working on that Donald Trump is actually a lot like Batman, bro. I, I don't when know. When you think what, about it, what are they do? First of all, <laughs> I, when I saw this, I'm like, what are we, what is going on here? Right. Uh, like Stephen Robinson and Wonkette, he wrote this thing up just because, like, 
just bringing our attention to this, Benny Johnson, who spent in, in this is apparently a whole segment of his show, The Benny Report, essentially being like, hey, man, Donald Trump is a lot like Batman, y'all. I don't know if you guys know about this. And I'm not even going to play. You know what? Here, let me let me play a little soundbite. Just so please. first <laughs> you can hear someone out loud trying to extol the virtues of Donald Trump as Batman. Welcome to the Benny Report. I'm Batman. Actually, I'm Benny Johnson. But as many of you know, we are enormous oh. Batman fans on this show. The Dark Knight is America's finest superhero for obvious reasons. He is tough. He has the best tools and villains to fight. And unlike those villains and many of his fellow superheroes, Batman has no special supernatural powers. He has no DNA mutation. He wasn't born on an alien world. Batman is just a guy who loves his hometown. That's his superpower. His motivation is not trying to protect the galaxy. No, Bruce Wayne's motivation is simple and local. St so <laughs> this is how he starts it off. Uh huh. Let me get to the part where he starts talking about uh, Trump as it relates to Batman. Mr. Trump. Yes. Are you Batman? I am Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I love that clip. I love that clip. Was there no more a fortuitous clip in 2016? Amazing. A classic. And in a way, it's true. Both Trump and Batman are rich, mysterious, unpredictable guys. They own skyscrapers in Gotham. They have a cult-like hero status for throwing their privileged lives away and getting their hands dirty. I'm, I'm done. I, I'm not playing anymore. What the I've, fuck is this I've guy going never... on? I've never heard that guy before in my life, but me it neither. terrifies me that people were like, that guy's mimicking Tucker Carlson's intonation. Yes. Yeah, like his, his whole yeah, yeah. speech everything. pattern what and rhythms is He's just a... Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's the point. Yeah. yeah. It reminds you somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tucker Carlson, uh, one, one of our great intellectuals. So you got you to gotta follow in his footsteps, but... Dude, yeah. You know, he said after the privilege, throwing their privileged lives away, he says both have a helicopter and a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Ben. The only thing they have in common is they've both got severe issues with their father and that yes. drives most of their dastardly deeds. And yeah, I think that's that, the start and end of it. Exactly. And, you know, I, and I get why, you know, Stephen Robbins is taking the take of like, he's nothing like Batman. But I think for what? us, the way we look at Batman on this show, I mean, that's if you just if you preserve Batman as a hero. Right. You know, right. Like, we okay. look at Batman as shitty billionaire with daddy issues who thinks he knows what's best for everybody and is going outside of the law to create some world that he thinks is best. In that sense, I think they're very similar and shitty rich dudes. But, yeah, it's just. Another thing that he was pointing out in this article is that, like, one of the writers of the Batman comics in the 80s, he was actually like, it's funny, is I based my Lex Luthor character on Donald Trump, like, when I was, like, <laughs> yeah. creating this, like, 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 plot line in the, in the Batman series I was writing. So it's like, wow, fucking guy. Anyway, I'm curious to know what this does. I'd never thought of Batman in, in that way that you just laid it out, Miles, but, like, now that you sort of say it, my, my brain's sort of ticking that over. He's like, the worst version of a, a guy who works with the cops but will go even further. Yeah, he's you know? a libertarian. He's like a violent libertarian who refuses to like give any money to social programs, like does not create a like if he funded the schools of Gotham and the healthcare system in Gotham and like created jobs for Gotham or just like fucking paid his taxes. <laughs> who was that dude? Who was the um, Secretary of Education? Betsy DeVos. What's her right. brother's name? Who runs like <laughs> Eric Prince? Eric yeah, Prince. Eric, he's, he's he's more. Eric he's Prince. like Eric fucking Prince. He's a localized yeah. Eric Prince. Yeah, exactly. So what, who who do you reckon Trump is like though from the comic book world? Like if you had to pick anyone, I mean Lex. Yeah, he's not cool enough to be Lex Luthor in any way, shape, or form. No. Right. He's like a. He's like Krang. From um, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like a yeah, big, like, weird, dumpy and he's villain, like hiding in a larger body that can yeah. be like hiding behind Mago worlds to be like, oh, I may be a creepy little wet brain, but check out this big old baby that's a monster <laughs> yeah. that will break shit called my Mago crew. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> he's like shitty Master Blaster or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, some versions of Lex Luthor are very like transparently insecure and like working from a place where they're just like he he's just 
mad that he's bald and also like just comparing himself 100% to Superman and unable to like fill the hole that Superman has created inside of him. And in that respect, I feel like he's not, he's not a bad Lex, Lex Luthor. It's true. He yeah. can't exist without a antagonist. Like if you, like Trump's existence is railing against that. He's not for anything. He's just against exactly. a bunch of shit. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, like, I mean, obviously this is intentional. He, he feels that this is worth saying to his audience, this Benny Joker guy. But like, I'm curious if in it, they're like, yeah, man, what we really need to do is get more people to see Donald Trump for the, the Batman that he is. Like rhetorically, I'm curious what the aim is, because I don't think these people need more reason to deify Trump. Like it's already fully become a death cult. So maybe this is just to keep that momentum up. Like, and remember, he's also Batman, too. And he's also Jesus and Santa I, starring in a new action film that you're going to love coming out. Right. As someone who did call himself the Jesus of podcasting earlier this very episode, I will say that it's it's pretty terrifying because it seems like they are gearing up to run him again. Oh, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I think they 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 want to, yeah. Do you? Who do you think? I mean, is Biden going to run again? Do you think? Because I honestly think Trump would beat Kamala Harris like pretty handily. I I don't, it, it all depends on what happens, you know, in in the buildup because. There's certain like there's campaign finance laws that people think he's already running afoul of. Like he's been really weird with his fundraising. There's some things that may slightly affect. No, no, no. Trump. Oh, just like in the long term. But I know I think based on how strong his brand is, they it's looking that way. The unfortunate part is because the whole party is just a bunch of grifters. Like there's a lot of undercutting of each other that's happening to either be like viewed by Trump as being like someone that uh, he will endorse or to potentially immediately take his place the second he falls out of grace or something with like MAGA world. So it's a very it's like just a very cutthroat world on on the right and the left. But like over there, like there's so much performative like MAGA tree, as I like to call it, happening for people to sort of make their case on if Donald Trump doesn't, then I should be the person. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's probably the easiest person to run that already has a ton of name recognition, but also a lot of people, you know, may come out against him again. Yeah, I mean, his performance in the last election was still like shockingly strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance that unless they can somehow get like high up Republicans to turn on him in a way that like actually makes it so he can't run. I, I don't think there's anything that's stopping him from running again. They are in a, a bit of a like a weird place, too, because rhetorically and what their agenda could be is like they're running on a platform saying the election was stolen and the January 6th insurrection wasn't a big deal. And mm. they're using that to, you know, get get more of the base sort of whipped up into a fervor to be able to take that energy into midterms and then eventually a general election or presidential election. But a lot of the pollsters who work on the right are like, that's not a good message if we're trying to expand the base in any way. Like going full on, it was a lie and January 6th was done by Antifa. Like that, that, that's going to sort of narrow the field. And a lot of candidates who are running as Republicans are weary of that being like, I don't know if that's like the best thing for me to say based on the people I'm going up against. So there's a lot to, you know, reconcile. But at the end of the day, I don't think they really give a shit. Yeah, no, not at all. Well, I don't want to go from the uh, future fall of American society to something even more serious. Mm-hmm. But we have learned a little bit more about the Fraser reboot. And mm. it's not looking good, fellas. Can so, I can I freely admit something? Yeah, this is the very first I'm hearing of a Fraser reboot. Mm. Th- this morning was the first I had heard of it as well. Uh, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> did, you, is it, did you watch the show at all? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, I did. I barely watched it. I mean, I know tangent or very sort of uh, from a ten thousand foot view who some of the people are, but yeah, I, I, I love Chelsea it. Grammer. Big Grammar head though. Yeah, I think that <laughs> him being cast as Hank McCoy in X Men was like one of the greatest casting decisions in the cinema. <laughs> but in terms of Fraser, like I've seen it as in. I've seen the wallpaper in my house, you know, like it's it's there. I've observed it. Yeah. It's omnipresent. Like Jesus. 
<laughs> like me. <laughs> All around us. And when uh, we thought we were alone, Fraser was actually carrying us uh, yeah. on his shoulders. But so this is less a reboot of Fraser and more of a reboot of the theme song of Fraser in the sense that it's only Kelsey Grammer. It's clearly only Kelsey Grammer's idea for him to do it. And it's kind of like embarrassing that he's doing it. You Wait, know? what do you mean it's only him? So, okay, uh, let, let's get into it. Roll your sleeves up, folks. Two, two weeks ago, Fraser was saying, we have a story to tell. And, you know, that can actually be told with or without them, honestly, talking about like the cast. But I want them <laughs> back because that's what I always dreamed of. I thought we should explore all their lives in their third act. And so that is my hope. And I'm fairly confident they'll come back. So, uh, And then uh, most recently, we have learned none of them. <laughs> all of them said no. But we're, we're also learning Fraser's going to change cities again. So that's interesting. Uh, that's going to be exciting. Wow. You know, we've seen Boston. We've seen Seattle. Where Where is he going to go next? Another detail that we've learned is... <laughs> all right. So Grammar revealed that Fraser's life, quote, takes him in another direction. And he becomes rich beyond his dreams. Is he writing it? I, because I, he did not write the original show. It's like right. he's an actor that played a part, enjoyed right. it. It went away for a long time, but now he's writing fan fiction for himself. That's exactly right. Uh, oh, and, and this and this and this version of Doctor Crane fucks big time. Yeah. <laughs> fucks a lot. graphically and uh, all on camera. Yeah. So the guy who like we, I think that was the question on all of our minds is like. What does this guy who lived in a luxury condo and drove a BMW and spent a small fortune on lattes and fancy French dinners, what would he do if he actually had money? <laughs> and we're going to find out the answer to that. Uh, he's, that. That's just like such a an amazing... I, I, I can't imagine what... It's so out of touch. As someone yeah. who's seen the Sex and the City 2 movie 52 times... <laughs> Which is a film that came out in 2008, just as the global financial crisis was happening. Like in our lifetime, the the greatest pinpoint of when the whole economic house of cards that the elite had stacked up and fucked the rest of us. The Sex and City 2 movie came out where the gals go to the Middle East and it is just (laughs) dripping with this disgusting, like gold-plated, grotesque, you know, baubles of, of, of wealth everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this sounds on par, frankly. Right. In terms of how out of touch it is with the moment. And isn't Kelsey Grammer's like a bit weird politically now, oh, isn't he? A bit. Oh yeah. A bit. What's his deal? So he has basically he's a like libertarian Republican. He's a vocal right winger. And while he never explicitly campaigned for Trump, he offered some supportive comments about how Trump's disruptions in the U.S. were a good thing. He sounds like he would have been a John McAfee voter. Yeah. He claimed in 2016 that the reason he didn't get, or no, I guess it was 2012. You know, we we all remember the big snub in 2012 when his performance in his show Boss Mm. didn't get nominated for an Emmy and we were all yeah. looking at each other like wait where is this serious at what how is how is boss not nominated <laughs> and he he actually went this is so sick he actually went on the tonight show and said that the reason was because he uh is an out of the closet republican in hollywood uh so you know appropriating oh, the-, the oppression of you know, the LGBTQ plus community towards being a rich out of, out the of closet. touch. Yeah. Uh, the victim Republican. mentality of these fuckers is galling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, and then this version of the Fra- the Fraser reboot is like such divorcee fan fiction too. Oh, like, yeah. Didn't, didn't his, like all of his marriages and relationships recently crumble too. So he's like, yeah. And like now dude, he's like so rich. And he can like look at a woman and then her clothes fall off instantly. Yeah, I took that from extras. And I love that bit where Patrick Stewart is able to do that. I kind of folded that into the lore of Dr. Fraser Crane now. Instantly her clothes come off and she's trying to cover up. But it's too late. I've already seen everything. Plus I'm rich. Okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> too late. I've already seen it. <laughs> so, I mean, 
I didn't. I hadn't really followed along with Kelsey Grammer since his since, since Frasier, I guess. Uh, oh, okay. Since Boss, mm. when, when we all, you know, I was just too disturbed by it's not getting an Emmy nom that I stopped watching it. But apparently, he's been making lots of shows that have all been like canceled within episodes. Uh, there was a sitcom Partners where he and Martin Lawrence are partners. That was a thing. And he was a like wacky racist guy. Mm. Cool. There's a show, Hank, about a rich guy who, and I'm, I'm guessing Kelsey didn't like this too much, loses all his money and has to move into a very large house in Virginia. Uh, so he's still living fine. Uh, it, it's like... It's like they tried to make, you know, Shit's Creek or Arrested Development. And right. he was like, now, no, let's not go crazy. He's not going to like live in <laughs> a bad place. It'll still be a like two story house with, you know, all a the plantation home right. in Virginia. Okay. <laughs> Very classy. Yes. A little spooky, though. It would be cool if, because it was called Hank, it was like a retconned vision of what leads to Beast becoming Beast in X-Men. Like, this is Hank McCoy's origin story where he gets slighted by society and then just locks himself away doing self-experimentation. X-Gene comes out. Um, But this is going to be a complete clusterfuck. Like, our writer JM was saying it might be a Roseanne-like clusterfuck, but I think that is, like, best-case scenario for this. But some of the past cast at least participated in that first yeah, version of the Yeah, and then when Roseanne she movie. left, it became like a good show, apparently. People like, and people actually watched it. I, I get the sense of this. What are will. they going to, like, what's he going to, you know, like that first ep, like that, whatever the pilot episode of this reboot is going to have to ex- do a lot of housekeeping in terms of what the narrative is <laughs> now. And well, he's going to have all that, ha- all those housekeepers to do it for him because he's so rich now. He's so rich. <laughs> and they're all naked. Their clothes come off instantly <laughs> and they can't cover up because I've already seen everything. But like his whole, like, is he going to be like, oh, you know, Niles and Roz, you know, they were dealing meth. So they've, they went, they're out, they're out and doing time in Leavenworth. Like yeah. what, what's going to be the explanation? You know, because I remember Fuller House, they were saying like, the reason that the Olsen twins weren't in it was like, you know, Michelle's doing her fashion thing. It was like a quick throwaway line to sort of explain what the absence of the Olsons, like what you do when it's only fucking Kelsey Grammer and <laughs> yeah. only him. What do you say then? How do you set this up to bring fans in? I'm sure they'll get Bulldog, the like sports radio guy. I'm sure he'll he'll be oh, right, in for the paycheck. The dad passed away recently, right? Yeah. Because he was fantastic. Yeah, very the good. The dog was really cool. I think the dog died. Sounds yes. like Daphne's not getting involved. Got Daphne, Roz, Daphne. and... Uh, Niles. Niles. Not, none of them are back, according to Kelsey. It'll be great. He's just shit-talking them all. Like, right. you'll know if he how how much of a hand he has in the writing when it's just like, everything's just ripping down those other characters. <laughs> There's no way this will make it to ear though, right? Like really, I would, I would love oh, to see this. Oh, it absolutely will. Do you think it will? Yes. You think this will, Definitely. this will see the light of death? Well, because it's on Paramount Plus. So it's not like a, a thing where they're going to have to go through a elaborate piloting process. I, th- I think it'll probably be more like, right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Paramount Plus has a higher standard than, I'm imagining, but I feel like it's easier to get something to a full season of episodes that we can watch and uh, enjoy than like on a streaming service like Paramount Plus that's just starting off. Yeah, I mean, it if, you know, if Paramount Plus is out here, it's Viacom CBS, so it's their show. Like, right. They're going to do it. I can't imagine. I mean, that would be such an embarrassment to do all this press, announce it, and then be like, you know Ooh. what, man? This thing, we fu- I don't know what the fuck we were thinking, man. Like how we thought it could be a reboot with one guy and the story's completely different. It's not even the same show and nobody's watching. But I don't know. Well, we shall see. We shall see. But I, th- I do think that this time of like reboots of previously beloved shows is kind of coming to a close. Fuller House was recently canceled after five seasons, even though the cast was all like, I mean, we'd do more. You want us to do more? We'll do more right here for you. Like, come Just, on. I don't man. know if Bob Saget's got a lot of people knocking yeah. down his door at the moment. And, and like, Lori Laughlin's like, yeah, man, as soon as I get out of jail, <laughs> I'm good, man. 
And the Sex and the City thing, like the the most attention it got was by just photoshopping other characters into the Kim Cattrall spot when they released that like still. Don't say other characters. We all know it's Vin Diesel. Yes. It's Vin Diesel over and over again. <laughs> There's also Paddington. Come on. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or the one from uh, the I Think You Should Leave sketch. When he's wearing all the, the prosthetics. No, have you seen season oh, two? Oh, God damn, that <laughs> sketch fucked me up. <laughs> I don't even want to be around anymore. I don't want to be around anymore. That one I think Anna sent us, or she sent us one of the memes about that with the Sex in the City plus that. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> I'll watch that. All right. Well, Tim, it has been such pleasure having you on the daily zeitgeist uh where can people find you follow you hear you all that good stuff um it's been a delight thanks for having me on i wasn't anticipating after all the chat of the fall of democracy in america that fraser was going to be the thing that depressed me most in the news rundown but here we are i'm i'm online i'm an online boy i'm on twitter tim underscore bat b-a-t-t the podcast is worst idea of all time and uh yeah i've got a little bit of stand-up floating around online of that bit that you're referring to before jack about me likening gta's healthcare system to america's to great comedic effect that went crazy <laughs> on tiktok but tiktok kind of scares the shit out of me so i yeah. just put a few clips up and that one went nuts and then i was like oh, i don't like this shit <laughs> but i don't know i'm on there right yeah i mean it's weird it's like the most plugged in to like a hive mind of just... it's literally a chinese company training an ai like right and, and i'm not exaggerating yeah. or have a tinfoil hat on like the company that owns tiktok are, are an ai company and they yes. just made this as almost an experiment to train like a deep learning algorithm and it took off and uh the implications of that a little bit freaky to me yeah yeah but hey, that that means that that's that's good material right there. I went viral though, baby. Started camp, <laughs> so, throwing it all away. There you go. So it can't be that bad. <laughs> is, yeah. there, is there a uh, tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Okay, there's a guy, a friend of mine called Sam Brooks, who writes for an outlet called The Spinoff. He tried to stay 24 hours in a Denny's, and he chronicled his experience. And he got sadly kicked out by the manager after about 10 hours. And it was just, it was a, a an adventure and a journey that spoke to my heart as someone who like punishes himself with these voyages of bad media. And it inspired me. And like, I want to see if maybe I could achieve something similar. So ah. check that out. Wow. Sam Brooks is his name. Nice. Um, if you look up like Denny's 24 hours spinoff, it'll come up. It's a beautiful tale. That sounds amazing. Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Find me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance, where we talk 90 Day Fiance very seriously. And a tweet I like is from at 51st Tates. And the tweet reads, me pulls into gas station, Google Maps. And just what in the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> 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 that's great you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien a tweet i've been enjoying jamie loftus at jamie loftus help tweeted a said in case anyone is starting fifth grade soon this might help it is a list of do's and don'ts for fifth grade by jamie loftus <laughs> and there's 11 of them i'm not going to read them all to you but there's such greats as if you want to talk to a boy, don't be shy. Speak up. And number three, substitute teachers. Don't give them the time of day. Uh, <laughs> number five, which is so like, what? <laughs> for watch your regular shows, but add a couple mature shows like Friends and or the Cosby show. Uh, five, improve your wardrobe. Wear some sparkles and glitter. More attitude shirts. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know what attitude shirts are, but it's just like she was writing in the voice of Barb and Star, like as a fifth grader. It really <laughs> makes me happy. Don't give them the time of day. Don't give them <laughs> substitute <laughs> teachers. Don't give them the time of day is my favorite thing that I've ever read. You're uh, a panicked actor who passed a, just a really easy test just so you had someone to fall back on. <laughs> don't give them the time of day. That's what substitute teachers are in L.A. And then Al at the library tweeted, get in the boat, loser. We're being born back ceaselessly into the past. 
You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? This track is, you know, uh, just, again, we're, we like stuff that is going to make us, you know, feel like get the summer vibes or winter vibes uh, for my Southern Hemisphere friends. But just something that's just upbeat, you know, something that'll get your toe tapping. And this is called By Your Side by Sophia Curtisis, K-O-U-R-T-E-S-I-S. And it's just a good little... You know, house EDM kind of track, but it's like it's it's real easy. It's not like overly aggressive. It's like you feel like you're in a coffee shop where it's way too expensive, but the aesthetic and decor is really nice. So you'll take a seat for a little bit. And in that, I think it's worth listening to and playing around the house or in your earphones, however you get down. Unless it makes me feel like I'm being rhythmically punched in the chest. I, I'm not interested. Okay. Not well, okay. We'll play some Flux Pavilion next time. <laughs> All right. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And hey, we'll talk to y'all then. Bye.